SoWin TV presents. SoWin TV presents. Hi, everybody. This is Love Him, Love Them with Linda Gunner, where we give hope, touch lives, and change hearts. What if I don't believe in God anymore? Welcome. If this is your first time, I'd like to invite you. If you're on our YouTube channel, I'd like to invite you to subscribe. Uh, You can hit a little notifications button. So we have uh, videos that come out two times a week, and we would love for you to uh, make sure that you don't miss any of those. And if you're like, I don't know what this is about. Who is him? Who is them? What is that? We do welcome you to come to our website, lovehimlovethem.org, and just find out a little bit more about us. So we work here in the United States and also in the country of Haiti to serve widows and orphans. And if you don't know, uh, James 1.27 tells us that that's what God considers pure religion. It's not praying every day. It's not going to church on Sundays. What he thinks is real religion is to care for the widows and the orphans who are in a hot mess. So in this episode, we are going to talk about what do you do if you just don't believe anymore? What do you do? Is it uh, normal to doubt your faith? <laughs> is, you know, I can think of so many things that have made me not believe on numerous occasions, which we'll talk about that in a second. But, you know, is losing your faith a sin? Uh, do you, why, why am I losing my faith in God? And why am I questioning my faith? Do you, so many people that when things happen, I'll never forget our our neighbor Tommy. We live in Gumlog, Georgia. The big <laughs> we say what happens in Gumlog stays in Gumlog. It's teeny tiny. Only got chicken houses. No red light. No Walmart. Uh, but when we first moved there, a guy lived next door, and I've talked about him before. Uh, he was he was always there by himself, and we could never figure out why. And and uh, he said that his wife had stayed in Atlanta, and he had come up here and. Our kids were always inviting him to church, and he was like, no, thank you. He said, something happened. He was a police officer, and he said, something happened 25 years ago, and I'll never go back to church, and I don't believe in God anymore. I think that's happened to a lot of people. What do you think or what do you do when the thing that is supposed to be your greatest source of comfort is what's keeping you up at night? You know. Doubting God, when we get to the point where we doubt God, it really seems to throw everything off balance. So that's what we're going to talk about today. Is it normal to doubt your faith? Is losing faith a sin? Why am I losing faith in God? And why am I questioning my faith? So you you may be, a, I ain't got no faith at all, so I don't have nothing to lose. We'll stick with us and maybe we'll have an opportunity to share with you. When you're struggling with your faith, It can feel like your life's purpose, your friendships, your family relationships. It just feels like understanding anything about the world, everything is under threat. You know, that fear that overcomes you when something comes that rattles your world and shakes you up. But, you know, as Christians, we are called to have faith in God. And the, the Bible defines, maybe, maybe the problem is we don't know what faith is, but the Bible defines faith 
as what? Do you know what faith is? I know we all know that it says, uh, what's the verse, Teresa? Faith, if we have faith the size of what? A mustard seed. <laughs> this is funny. I love that verse. And I used to have a mustard seed uh, right beside that in my Bible. I had it glued in there. Actually, I had three, three mustard seeds uh, glued in my Bible. So every time I saw that verse, I would be like, oh, wow, that's all I need. That's all I need. And one day my husband asked to borrow my Bible and I had gone off. And when I came back, my mustard seeds were gone. And I was like, what happened to my mustard seeds? He was like, oh, I flicked those out of there. I thought it was just dirt that was in your Bible. I was like, okay, David, I never did put my mustard. I'm going to put my mustard seeds back in my new Bible. What do you do when the thing that is supposed to be your greatest source of comfort is what's keeping you up at night and when you're struggling? Faith is the confidence in what we hope for, and it is the assurance about what we do not see. That's Hebrews 11.1. All right, let's say that again. Faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. That is a bold definition, right? You know, with everybody dealing with the supernatural and new age and astral projecting and telekinesis and all these movies that are out, uh, it sounds kind of supernatural because you can't see, you can't see it. To have faith in God is to have confidence in who he is and what he has promised. Where do we find what he's promised? How do you know what God's promises are? They're in the Bible. The promises of God are in his word. So if you're going to have faith in God, and if you're going to have faith in his promises, you got to be in the word to know what they are. To have faith in God is to have confidence in who he is, what he's promised in his word, with assurance that even when everything around us suggests otherwise, faith is standing firm on God's word even when it looks like the world around us is falling apart. Faith is maintaining hope, even when everything else looks hopeless. You know, it's easier said than done, right? But have you ever thought about this? You don't need faith when everything's going well. You know, we don't, we do, most of us, when our, when our world is on, when our marriages are great, when our kids are amazing, when our jobs are great, when the money in the bank is fine, when our car's not broken down, a lot of us don't even take the time to spend with the Lord because we don't got nothing to ask him for or to beg him for. But to have faith in God is when everything else looks like it's falling apart. We maintain that hope even when it looks hopeless. So allowing yourself to ask hard questions about what you believe really takes a lot of courage. You know, a lot of us, I don't even think we know if we have faith or if we have hope in God until our world falls apart. And I'm not saying that God allows our world to fall apart for that, not in any way, shape, or form. I have kids. I love my kids. I would never. Merlanda's got an amazing book report due today. I mean, we prayed before she left. I don't, I don't want her to fall and stumble today. I want her to come home. I don't want any kids making fun of her today while she's doing her book. It's called a bag report. You had to take a lunch bag and write everything about the book on there and then stick stuff in the bag. I want her to remember everything. We went over it last night. I love her. I don't want her world to fall apart so she has more faith in me, and I don't think God does either. But I do think we need to ask ourselves some hard questions because we have a bad habit of shutting down conversation about doubt in the church. We just, we, when people are struggling and when doubt comes, 
you might feel like you have to navigate your faith crisis on your own. Because a lot of times whenever we even mention that we have doubt, uh, people don't want to hear that. Well, not in this moment, you don't. Because right now, we're going to talk through this. We're going to talk about what it's like to struggle with your faith. Because struggling with faith is normal. Did you know that? It's a part of growing. You don't have to cancel your church membership or stop going to your home group just because you're questioning what some of your beliefs are. I think it is extremely normal to have questions about God. Sometimes taking faith and the questions it possesses seriously means that you are struggling with your faith. Who wrestled with God? Do you guys remember that? Who was it that wrestled with God? Jacob. He wrestled. And I think sometimes God wants us to wrestle because he wants us to know beyond a shadow of a doubt when we're done what the truth is. And sometimes struggling with your faith does cause us to doubt. Because as long as there is a kernel, (laughs) a mustard seed size, just a tiny bit of belief left in you, that means you have not lost your faith. Questioning your faith is often how you grow it. Think about that. So if you've started asking the hard questions, you're on the path to growing your faith. Struggling with faith is normal. It is a part of growing. Don't forget that. Because faith was never meant to stay still. Faith was never meant to not change. Questioning your faith means you're taking it seriously. You're taking the task of pursuing truth, of figuring out what it means to live according to it. That's what discipleship is all about. That's what it's about. You know, what does the Bible say about struggling with your faith? Because at the core of all the root causes of faith, doubts mentioned. Doubts mentioned above are lies. There are misconceptions about God's words regarding it all. It's very, very important that we take a look at Scripture and that we embrace what it says on that matter. So what does the Bible say? The Bible says that life is going to be full of challenges. Life is going, I think a lot of times, I used to think this with my marriage. I used to always think, when I would see people that were married for like 25, 30, 40, 50 years, I was like, oh, they have got it together. I don't, you know, they've been together so long. They finally have, they've crawled up that path and they've made it to the height and, and that, they don't ever argue. And isn't that great? They know each other so well and they just have a perfect relationship. And I just can't wait till we're married long enough where we get there. And I used to, th- <laughs> I used to think that's the way it was. Let me tell you something. I've been married for a minute now. That is not the way it is. And it's the same way with our faith in Christ. You know, as we grow, I think it is, it is, it's an amazing relationship that we have, but there are still struggles. There are still challenges. The same way we have challenges in my marriage, we still have challenges in our family. And there are challenges in my relationship with Jesus and my, and my struggle with, with continuing to believe and have faith. First and foremost, the Bible is absolutely clear that as Christians, we're going to have trials and tribulations in our lives. Do you know that it even tells you that you're, that you're supposed to consider it joy the more trials you have? Those trials are, are going to be what challenges our faith. In fact, the more we seek to grow spiritually, the more challenges we're going to face. If you're just a mundane Christian that doesn't really want to know what the Word of God says or doesn't want to grow your faith, you're not going to have as many challenges. 
John 16, tells us, I've told you all of this, that you might have peace in me. You know, that's the one thing that most people are desiring. They just want peace, peace of mind, peace to be able to sleep at night, peace in their home, just peace. But I've told you all this so you can have peace in me. Here on earth, you're going to have many trials and sorrows. Hear it? Do you hear me? You're going to have many trials and sorrows. But take heart because I've overcome the world. You got to start here because when we let that truth sink in, the same way that I had to let that sink in with my marriage, I'm going to have me some trials and some tribulations in my marriage. It doesn't, it doesn't go up like this, that the longer you've been married, all of a sudden you get here and there's no more trials. Are you kidding me? You know, writing out the checks for the bills every month is a trial. Take, accept, choosing to accept or not accept the bait of Satan to be offended by something my husband's done or said is a trial. It is a tribulation. It is tough. And it doesn't work that way. So if I can let that sink in to already know ahead of time, I'm going to have the trials, I'm going to have the tribulations, and I can expect it. Now it's not something that's going to throw me off or make me sh- make shake my faith. You know, if that verse wasn't enough, here's a few more. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. So if, if, if you ain't have, basically that says if you're not having any afflictions, if you do the logic, you may not be righteous. Psalm 34, 19. But the Lord delivers him out of them all. So be truly glad. There is wonderful joy ahead. You must endure many trials for a little while. You know, it doesn't sound like a really good sales pitch for Christianity, does it? A lot of times we go to church on Sunday. We have people say, just raise your hand if you want to give your life to the Lord and everything's going to be great. And that's not the way it works. That's not truth. The truth is that trials are what show you that your faith is genuine. Trials, it's being tested by fire. It's being tested as fire tests and purifies gold. Though your faith is far more precious than mere gold. So this is 1 Peter 1, 6 through 7. So when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. You know, have you ever thought about this uh, for non-believers? For non-believers, if you're a Christian and your life is the most amazing thing in the world and your marriage is fine, and your family is fine, and your job is fine, and your car is fine, and you live in an amazing house, if you're a non-believer, you start to think, you know what? No wonders that they believe in Christ. My life is a hot mess. And so you are so much more of a testimony when you are in the middle of a trial and you are still holding on to your faith. You are a testimony for nonbelievers that, oh my goodness, what they've got, I ain't got. Because I can be happy and say, thank you, Jesus, whenever my world is happy. What is wrong with this person? Because this person's in a hot mess and they're still praising God. Some, they've, got, they've got something I don't have. You know what they have? They have faith. They believe. They believe the word of God to know that God is going to get them through this trial. James 1, dear brothers and sisters, when your troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. That's the verse I was just talking about. I don't know a lot of people that do that. Woo! Thank you, Jesus, for all these problems. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, and then you won't need nothing. James 1, 2, and 4. So as you can see, 
the trials of life are actually tests of faith. So easy for me to say, isn't it? (laughs) Because when you're living through it, it does not seem that way. But they are inevitable for all Christians to produce spiritual endurance within us. For some reason, Christians think the same thing I thought about my marriage with their Christian life. If I'm going to be a Christian, then God should make my world perfect and everything should go amazing and everything should be fine and I shouldn't have any trials. You're not reading the Bible because that's not the way it works. Two, we need to embrace curiosity like a child. Kids ask, oh, I've got Michael in the room. He has Nora and Isaac. He still has Aaron. I don't think she asks as many. Um, Kids ask a lot of questions, a lot of questions. So when Jesus tells us to become like little children, the humility and openness that enable children to believe in the unseen also spark greater wonder and curiosity. You know, when we brought the uh, choir over, I was going to try to show you our book. I know I've got it right here in front of me, Choir of Angels. If you haven't read this book, I highly encourage you to grab this. It's called Choir of Angels. The title is really masked. It says how 30 orphans changed their world. But really and truly what this book is about is testimonies of faith. These stories in here that I lived out that increased my faith, I can guarantee you it will increase your faith by reading through them. Uh, People tell me all the time, I get calls constantly from people that are reading this book. But what I want you to know is it was the youngest, and you can see the back picture here of the kids. It was the youngest children in the choir that had the ability to see in the supernatural because childlike faith is open. Childlike faith is open to learning. They're open to something new. They're open to changing shape. They're open to being wrong. They don't want to be wrong, but they they're, they get it. Um, they ask hard questions. It is curious. A childlike faith is curious. It's eager to explore without demanding five pages of proof to verify each discovery. You know, God... God wants us to be curious just like a child. We all struggle with our faith at times. And the fact of the matter is all Christians struggle with faith in some aspect at one point or another. We just do. So what better way when we're in the middle of the struggle than to ask questions? What better way is there than to be curious, than to get to the bottom of it, than to find out what the Word of God says, to look and see just like a child would? Matthew 14, 28 says, Peter Peter says, Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. (laughs) I can just see me doing that right now. Just I want I want to come on out there. And you know what Jesus said? Come. He said, come on. Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, came toward Jesus. But then when he saw the wind, when he saw the wind, he was afraid and he began to sink. And he cried out, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith. I mean, can you? There's so many examples in the Bible over and over and over about childlike faith. I mean, what, what, what adult is going to say, calm me out on the water? The disciples, while they were still talking about this, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, peace be with you. And they were startled and frightened as if they had seen a ghost. There are tons and tons of examples. What about the father of a demon-possessed boy? How long has this boy How long has this been happening? Jesus asked the father. He replied, it's been since he was a little boy. There's a psalm in the psalm, Psalm 94, 19. When doubts filled my mind, your comfort gave me, renewed me and gave me hope and gave me cheer. You know, that same, the father of that demon possessed child in Mark 9, he says, 
what do you mean if I can? He told him, he said, I want you to do this if you can. And and Jesus said, you know, anything's impossible. And the father instantly cried out. He said, look, I believe, I do believe you, but I need you to help me overcome my unbelief. That That's where a lot of us are. And and do you remember, I'm, I'm going to challenge you to go back to Mark 9 and see what happened. Whenever that guy just firmly said, look, I believe, but I need you to help me with my unbelief. In all of those examples, people had doubts. They had questions. They had uh, circumstances, even some false teachings. And they were in just general storms of life. There's general storms of life that have caused people pain, loss, confusion, frustration, anger, bitterness, stress, things that shake you to your core, that challenge your faith all the way down to what you believe in. But what I've learned is that it was all a necessary part. It's a necessary part of the journey to get you to where you need to be today. And that's why we never give up. We never give up. Though our bodies are dying, though our spirits are being renewed every day, for our present troubles are small and won't last very long. Yet they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them and that will last forever. So we don't look at the troubles. We don't look at the troubles that we see now. Rather, we fix our gaze on things that cannot be seen. For the things we see now are soon going to be gone. (laughs) But the things we cannot see, that's what's going to last forever. 2 Corinthians 4. I want to encourage you to talk to somebody you trust. Talk with somebody you trust about how you're struggling with your faith. You don't have have to wrestle with your doubts alone. Now is really not the time to distance yourself from the people who love and care about you because struggling with your faith can be very hard. And there are people in your life that want to help you. Do you have someone in your life that you can look to as a model for your faith in particular? Consider confiding in that person. You, you might be afraid of disappointing them and saying, you know, I don't want them to think I'm struggling with my faith, but try to give them the benefit of the doubt. And you might be really surprised by how well they're going to understand what you're going through, because sometimes the people who feel most strongly about their faith are the ones who have fought the hardest with it. And that's why they are where they are. You know, as you think about who to ask for support, don't count out pastors. Many pastors get into the ministry because they want to help people who are struggling with their faith, and they've dedicated their lives to this work. So even if you don't agree with some of their conclusions, you could still learn something from their perspectives. You are not, um, if you're not totally sure about believing that there's a God and you are out there listening, when you're not sure if God's listening to you, it can feel a little silly to talk to him, right? And especially if you're trying to avoid thinking about your doubts. So if you're doubting him, he's the one you're doubting, and now he's the one you've got to talk to. It might be the last thing you want to do is to remind yourself of that, the question that might scare you the most. Because what if there is no God? What if praying is just me talking to myself? And by cutting off contact with God, that's not going to help you figure out if God exists. It will definitely not help you find the comfort in spiritual life that you're so worried about losing to doubt. Give God a chance. Give him a chance to show you a path through these rough patches in your faith. Ask God for what you need. Ask him to keep your mind open. I mean, ask him to keep your mind open to what God could be trying to say to you. 
Because when our needs are met, consider the possibility that God is behind it. Take your time and let yourself work through this at your own pace. You need to pace yourself. Faith is a lifelong journey, and sprinting through it is not going to change that. It'll just make you tired, (laughs) okay? So you don't have to have all the answers right now, and that's okay. Nobody has faith completely figured out. Nobody. And especially the people who are convinced that they do have it figured out. Why expect something of yourself that not even the most famous theologians and preachers have managed to do? So thankfully, experiencing and extending the love of Jesus Christ doesn't require you to know everything about him. And it is okay to not know all the answers. The fact that you're struggling with faith now doesn't mean you'll be struggling forever. Many people who feel far from God, it's because they're on their way back. They find their way back. And even the people who seem closest to God don't feel close to him all of the time. Do you hear me? Just because you don't feel close to him doesn't mean that you are not cannot find your way back. If you continue in your faith, there will be times when you are at peace with God again. And there will be times when you feel close to him again. And there will also be times when you find yourself in a hot mess again. So remember, you don't have to take it all on yourself. There are people that want to help you. How to stand firm when you're struggling with your faith. So now that we know, we all know that our faith is going to be challenged, how do we stand firm? Whether you or someone you know is struggling with their belief in God, the Bible, or Christianity, Here's five keys that are going to help you stand firm when you put them into practice. Number one, you got to read the Bible. you got to read the Bible. As simple as it sounds, you've got to read it and you've got to know it. We can't have faith in a God that we know little or nothing about. And the only way to learn more about his amazing attributes and his wonderful promises is to read his word regularly. I promise you, when the toughest seasons in life hit, You will have to learn to embrace the Word of God as if your spiritual life depended on it. Because it does. It does. You need to connect with other faith-filled Christians. So along with reading the Bible, it is vital that we connect with others. You've got to have other people who are going to point you to the right way. You've got to make every effort to do that. So it is okay to struggle, and we are to help those who do struggle. We have got to be able to realize that it is important that we establish good, strong Christian connections that are great resources in our time of need. It could be your pastor. It could be a deacon. It could be a youth leader. It could be the head of your women's ministry or just a brother or sister in Christ. Jude 22. And you must show mercy to those whose faith is wavering. So (laughs) today is a very difficult topic about what if we don't believe in God anymore? What if we don't believe in God anymore? What if our faith is in a hot mess? I've given you many, many avenues of how we can walk our way back. But the most important thing I want you to understand is that if your faith is in a hot mess, my faith has been in a hot mess. I've struggled. I continue to struggle, and that's the way this Christian walk is. If you are looking for a problem-free, stress-free, tumultuous-free life, the Christian life does not provide that. But you know what? It rains on the just and the unjust. I know plenty of people who don't believe in Christ that have just as many problems. 
So the key is that with our faith and with our belief, as we walk through these trials and as we walk through these horrible, horrible situations, God gives us the ability to live above those circumstances. He gives us the ability to fight through and to remember that he will keep his promises. He will keep the promises of his word. And he is the, everybody else may leave you. (laughs) Your wife may leave you. Your husband may leave you. Your kids may leave you. Your friends may leave you. I've had all of those things happen, actually, (laughs) except for my wife. I haven't had my wife leave me. (laughs) But he's not. He's not going to leave you. And he's not going to forsake you. So why not fight the good fight for the one person who's guaranteed that he is going to stay with you forever? Don't forget to love him because he loves them and you are them. Are you feeling broken or lost? Are you struggling to find a community of like-minded women? Come join us on Soul Win, Shining Our Light, Women's Inspiration Network. Soul Win women have come out victoriously from their dark places and now use their God-given gifts to shine their light to the whole world. Get your free 30-day trial today. Go to www.soulwin.tv to subscribe now. Are you feeling broken or lost? Are you struggling to find a community of like-minded women? Come join us on Soul Win, Shining Our Light Women's Inspiration Network. Soul Win women have come out victoriously from their dark places and now use their God-given gifts to shine their light to the whole world. Get your free 30-day trial today. Go to www.soulwin.tv to subscribe now.